Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and I am excited to be here today with faith-based mindset mentor, author, and leadership consultant, Mimika Cooney. Today, we're going to be talking about how some of the science-based mindset training that she uses on a daily basis translates to our faith and particularly our prayer lives. So Mimika, thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate the the invitation to be here. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. Well, we were just talking before we hit record about how there's so much out there, so much um, self-help and neuroscience and, you know, brain science and uh, mindset training out there that kind of makes, I don't know, it, it kind of turns us as the people as the humans into God almost like you can do this this is you take control and I what I love is that yes there is definitely there are tools that we can use that God has given us as humans with brains and with the ability to to have mastery in some ways over that but that without the faith component it's nothing and just what I love about you and what you do is that that is your focus it's not like let's just take let's take brain science and add a dash of God. It's like, this is, this is the reason that, that we're alive is, you know, to, to tap into who God is and, and to receive guidance from him. And so I just, I, I'm so excited about what you do. So thank you for joining us and and being able to share. You're welcome. I'm very excited. So I'm as just like you, I'm a, a total geek about neuroscience and how the brain works. And as I started going down this path, I started realizing science is finally catching up with the Bible. Who would have thought, right? Nice. Oh, Isn't that I amazing? Love that. It's mm-hmm. almost like the scientific community think it's like this new d- development. And we're like, excuse me, the whole scripture about you renew your mind daily. That has been done. That's been talked about for years. So I'm super excited to help our listeners today really tie in the two sides of, you know, why like why faith really is the key to unlocking a, a productive and successful mind. So I'm excited. <laughs> I love that. Well, before we get into it, um, we like to ask all of our guests, what is your favorite prayer closet? So where where do you go to feel close to God? It doesn't have to be a set place and it could be kind of crazy and off the wall too but where do you go to oh find... yeah that's a cute question yeah i mean well i have a few places that i love to be able to settle in and find uh you know i suppose what you would call a prayer closet one of them is i have a nice old rocking chair for when my kids were babies that i still have in my corner of my room which is you know it's a very peaceful spot i don't have any technology in that room so i know that anything that there is there is pen paper and books um, but one of my other favorite places is on the ice. I'm a competitive adult figure skater, which I do for fun. So putting on my ear for pieces in and then skating around and just letting the music and, you know, often it's just like instrumental soaking worship music. And I'm just going around having my little happy place in the party <laughs> is uh, usually where I love to do that. And also just in the car. I know it sounds like so boring, but just finding that space. Where and I think it can be anywhere. You could be standing in it. You could be in a busy street, and you could still connect with God. And it's really just how we align ourselves, our thoughts, and our intentions. So yeah, <laughs> I love that. I meant to bring up the figure skating 
our whole family, all the kids play hockey. We are three kids are hockey players. So we're at the rink a lot. And so we see a lot of oh, figure wow. skating. And when the figure skaters are out there, it's so much fun to watch. But oh, good. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> you began later in life, right? You didn't start as a kid. So well, I was a classically trained ballet dancer all my oh, my life. So, um, nice. so for me, and you know, yeah, it helps with grace and, you know, poise and all of that. But there's a lot of things that skating and, and ballet clash. So for me, I only started skating at 31 and it was one of those, my kids went to a birthday party and I was like, wow, this is the closest thing to flying. So for me going around and just feeling that sense of like freedom. And so I, uh, it's been one of those things that's been about 12 years, 12, 13 years now. I've been working on it. I must say as an adult, it's much harder because us adults overthink everything. When kids would fall down and go, okay, I'll do it again. Um, us adults are always thinking, well, should I take the risks? Should I do that if I fall? And we're thinking of all the things. And this relates to life too, which I, I know I, I'm the one who can clearly say life is like skating. You always feel like you're on thin ice on this tiny little blade and you unbalance yourself. You can fall over. And if you do fall over, it can hurt, but it's okay. The whole point is to get back up again and do it again. So that's really why I love this analogy. And it just it's just the whole idea of, you know, there is no perfection. But the idea is as long as we know that we can pick ourselves up, do it again, and just keep trying and striving for excellence. And that's the funnest part. I love that. What a great, what a great analogy. That's really good. Well, can you talk about how you became passionate about mindset coaching um, and what exactly you do right now for women through your coaching and men? Do you do you do coaching for men and women or is it just a women. Um, yeah. I mean, it's mostly geared towards women because I, I've studied a lot about how uh, women's brains are a little different to men. It's not mm -hmm. to say that men can't benefit from what I have to say, mm -hmm. um, but you know, a lot of this stuff. So for me, the reason I got into mindset in the first place is I was a hot mess. To be plain and simple, I was <laughs> like, my mindset was a hot mess. And I went through some really challenging dark night of a soul experiences. Like I had grown up as an entrepreneur my whole life. I come from an entrepreneurial family. As you can tell, I have an accent. I was born and raised in South Africa. My husband and I are childhood sweethearts and we met and married and started our business. We moved from England, I mean, South Africa to England and England to America. We've been here since 2006 and, you know, we've had our own fair share of challenges, but I have always been one of those, you know, perfectionist, perfectionist people pleaser, driven for um, always achieving the next thing, go, go, go. I have two gears, full blast or full stop. There's no in between, right? So for me, I tend to suffer from, you know, overextending myself, lack of self-care and eventually burnout. Yeah. And it, it got to a stage where, you know, all the stresses that had added to my life, I was in complete denial. I didn't see the signs or I chose to ignore them. And eventually it came to a head like around about 2015 where I had a child in, in crisis who was going through his own mental health uh, challenges. I had a business um, launch that didn't go well. And within six weeks, I lost my mother-in-law to cancer. Now, she was a very uh, integral part of my faith journey because, you know, I met, uh, she went, took me through a whole inner healing journey when I was a teenager, helped me work through a lot of issues from my traumatic past. And she was a strong woman of faith. So for, to see her suffer the way she did, um, she ended up, you know, having a brain surgery for having a tumor on the brain and then chemo and radiation. And if anyone's seen their loved one go through that, it's really heartbreaking. So for me, it was always like, no, you know, God says he's going to heal people. And then she ended up passing. So for me, it was a crisis of faith. It's like, what am I doing with my life? And do I really believe what I, I believe? Like I had gone to church, been a Christian since I was 10. My parents took me to church or my mom did. And it got to a stage where I'm like, I started really had, was forced to slow down. My body had burnout. Like I have never experienced grief like that before where you physically feel ill, like your body aches. So I closed my business down. I literally just took a whole year off and said, I need to work on me. I need time to heal. I need to slow down. And in that process, you know, as I was working through things and really the Holy Spirit was my counselor, like going through everything. He was bringing things up from my past and because I, I journal a lot and um, like since a kid, dear diary, you won't believe what they said, like very dramatic. Okay. But <laughs> right? it's a good way of processing, right? It is. So through this whole process, I was writing and, you know, just putting my thoughts down. Um, as you can tell, I love to talk. So it's either talking or writing, but someone needs to hear it. 
So it was a way of just processing what I was going through and, um, you know, it made me question a lot of the religiosity that I'd been raised with, this religious spirit of, the, you know, you Christians don't suffer and Christians shouldn't deal with demonic influences and all the things, right? But it really challenged me and I had to look deep and I am a fixer at heart. I'm not going to just see a problem and walk away. I'm like, if something is wrong, I have to fix it. So I'd really seen, and you know, God was very clear with me. He says, your mind's a mess. He says, the way you think is driving the way you live your life. Like I truly believe our mind is our driver, is the driver in the car and our life is a journey. And we know that cliche, life's a journey, enjoy the ride. Sometimes it's a little bumpy. Sometimes we get stuck on the side of the road. Sometimes we have to take some time out and get, you know, go to the, the gas station, fill up with gas. But I had realized I had a lot of junk in my trunk I hadn't dealt with, dealt with. It was slowing me down. I was on this road to where I needed to go. And God was like, we need to deal with this. We need to deal with this. And I'm like, no, 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 la, 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 la. I'm not going to listen. <laughs> and eventually he's like, you're dealing with this, like whether you like it or not. And I was like, oh. but it got to a stage where it's like, I had the choice. I could either continue and just, who knows how much worse it could have got because I physically was a mess, mentally was a mess. Um, thank God that, my, you know, my husband was a huge um, help and he's been very supportive throughout the process. So at least, you know, that was good. But I'd really had realized there was so many things, there were gaps in my knowledge and my, you know, the way I was raised and things I was taught in church, they were missing. And, and, and also I'm very, I like to look at scientific stuff and find like where the gold is. And as we know, like living in the world we are, there's a lot of mixture in the world. Like the church is sometimes mixing in kind of new agey, you know, like we mentioned the self-help. Now, there's a, the, the reason I have a problem with the, the title self-help is that there's limits to self. There's only so much we know because we don't know what we don't know. If you haven't been exposed to things, you have blind spots. All of us do. And in life, we have blind spots for a certain season and sometimes we can ignore them for a while, but eventually it's like a, a, a the, the windscreen on your car. You know, you, you can drive really hard, but unless you start to get that muck off the windscreen, you need to be able to see clearly. But, you know, God in his graciousness, he never pushes us. He's always very kind and he's a gentleman and he'll say, you know, he'll invite you to these opportunities. And sometimes it's like ripping a bandaid off. Sometimes it's very slow and painful. But either way, we know that the pain does have, we do have gain at the end because we're either shedding things that no longer serve us or we are gaining things that will serve us in the future. So throughout this process, you know, I was going through this and it was like really about 18 months of really, really hard things. Um, Really like, I mean, if anyone wants to know, they can read my book, Warrior to Warrior, the whole story of spiritual warfare I had to deal with, you know, um, my child was dealing with, you know, demonic influences and, you know, really warring for his life physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I'd realized how powerful that is. And yet so many of us Christians are living almost like limping. We're living through life limping because we're not using all the tools God has given us. So throughout this process, I realized if I don't get my mind right, it's no matter what I, I, I try to do, I could try and deny it, for, but I wasn't getting any further. It's like staying stuck on the side of the road. You have to deal with the flat tire. Mm -hmm. You're not going anywhere until you actually deal with it. Or in my case, the head gasket blew and then we were not moving very, we weren't going anywhere. So, you know, call the Holy Spirit, you know, the AAA and come and save me. And let's kind of got me back in the garage. You had to tow me all the way there. We had to do a complete rehaul, look under the hood, get rid of the junk and really just be willing and open to allow that. A Holy Spirit to do that work. And then after a while, I'd realized I'd, you know, um, the stuff I'd put there in my journal and the Holy Spirit um, challenged me, he says, you need to write a book. And I'm like, say what? Excuse me. I don't want anyone else knowing all my issues. Okay. No one wants to air the dirty laundry, but I wrestled with that for a long time. And I'd realized, you know, and the Holy Spirit said to me, you know, do you remember how you felt when you could not find resources? Like, I remember like dealing with, I had, you know, my child was, all this stuff about uh, medication and depression and, oh, you should do medic you should do this. And everyone giving me their opinions. I'm like, what's God's opinion on this? And I've always been, you know, very sort of anti-general, whatever the world is doing. I'm almost like, what is truth? Like, what does God say for my situation? I'm not going to just follow the trends. I'm very much a salmon. I will swim upstream. And I want to like really dive into it. And I just was really pushing against, um, you know, convention and thinking, well, there's got to be another way, you know, like God made us in his image and our bodies are amazing things that they heal. If you think about how somebody's body can be so, 
you know, damaged or affected, but yet if we allow ourselves and ourselves to regenerate, there is healing. But oftentimes what we do is we stay, we, we choose to stay stuck. And I know it sounds weird, but everything in life is a choice. God will invite us to do things and we get to say yes or no. But often because of those blind spots that we don't know what we're missing or what we're entitled to, we don't take them up. So I really felt like, you know, this is a mission that I had to do. So I realized I could not go back to doing the way things were. I shut down my marketing business and really dove into how the brain works, neuroscience, coaching, all those things. I got certified as a, as a leadership coach. And, you know, I've been trying to find my way. And, you know, and like, as we said before, we started recording. There is no direct path that says you can use mindset and Christian and coaching. It's kind of like, I feel like I'm in open waters, right? Because we've heard so much of the world talk about self-help and just, you can do it and, you know, be, look within yourself. But what if your self is empty? Like, I don't know about you. I can't do life without the Holy Spirit. I'm like, I need that sort of insight knowledge. I don't know what I don't know. I lack a lot of things. I, there's a lot of things I haven't learned yet that I'm still learning, but I would rather partner with God and he's going to show me the, the, the path to take. And I believe it'll be so much shorter. And, you know, when we start to look at what the Bible says about our mind, I mean, I think there's over 350 scriptures that just relate to mind and how we think. Mm. And if we realize our mind, you know, really drives our decisions because we have feelings. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm a 70s baby. And I know I come from that um, race in South Africa. We were more of a pull yourself together, girl, like stop complaining. There's somebody worse off than you mm -hmm. um, generation. And I have, I'm a mom of three kids, two who are young adults and in a 12 year old and society has changed the narrative. It's so much harder to try and bring up children in the way that we as Christians want to bring them up because the world is bombarding them with all this. You can live by your feelings. It's okay. Don't worry. Your feelings can drive your decisions. And oh, I don't feel motivated. Oh, I don't feel, and you know, like what, like, what are we doing? Like God never said, live by your feelings. He said, you know, life will be hard, but I'm giving you tools. I'm giving you a Holy spirit to partner with you, to help you through those things. And so, and then of course, Science likes to exclude God because they like to think, you know, we can just look at the science of things. But, you know, what I get excited about is seeing how science is finally proving what the Bible has always said, like the whole scripture, which is renew your mind daily. Like, what does that mean? Renew means to make new. So it means that we have at some stage in our life had a fully functional brain or a mind, but going through life, we've gone through experiences, trauma, generational things that are passed down you know, what we get hurt, you know, all those things are kind of like add mud gets thrown at us. And eventually it just weighs us down. But our job is to use the tools, which is what the Bible and God's word and prayer and, um, you know, all the things that he gives us, because we have to war for our freedom. It's not just given to us. If you just look at society, I mean, I'm a immigrant, a, a child of immigrants you know, going back four or five generations, we were immigrants, you know, from different countries and they had to war for their freedom. They just couldn't just walk in and say, hey, welcome, come and live here. They had to prove themselves. They had to do what was required. And I think that's what's missing so much from society today is that we've lost that fight. We've lost, we've, we've become just victims of circumstance and we've allowed ourselves just to, to, to be, to abdicate our responsibility and our authority because Christ gives us that authority. I'm like, if you just think about it for a moment, and I know we've heard about them, we sing about these things that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And it sounds cliche, but let me tell you, when you really tap in and you read it and you go, wow, if this is truth, I'm going to use these tools. Like, what does this actually mean? So, you know, I've taken that, you know, like seriously as my life mission, and that I'm trying to merge. And because I come from a business background, a lot of the stuff, um, I'm always looking from the logical side as well as the spiritual ministry side is how do we teach these things that help people can become better, can heal, can align themselves with purpose and become the best version of who God intended them to be. So yeah, that's what really brings me here today and why as I'm so passionate about this whole process of renewing your mind, unlocking your potential and really getting unstuck. I love that. And so can you talk a little bit about just the technical scientific side of 
our brain and its capacity for change um, and just kind of its its capacity for renewal just lay it out there we love Alana and I love to geek out about brain science and how it relates to our prayer lives in particular just because we're prayer focused podcast but you know what is um, what is it about our our physical brain that makes it so capable of renewal exactly well it's a good question well what i love about the concept of renewing our mind and that there is in you know in the science world they talk about neuroplasticity and basically what that means i mean there's still so much research coming out on a daily basis that you know it's amazing that things are starting to come to light and what this basically means neuroplasticity basically means that our brain has a way of healing itself you know, back in the day, they used to think if you had a, like a, a traumatic brain injury or, you know, there was like, say, you know, whatever, it, whether you had a car accident or maybe a, maybe a baby was born and didn't have enough oxygen, the thought was, oh, well, that's the way it's going to be. But the science is starting to show that our brains are amazing and that they heal themselves and it renews itself. So even with damage, it's always going to find these neural pathways to realign and to make connections. Now, of course, when you're a child, our brains are constantly learning. And they say it takes up until age 25, especially for the frontal lobes and all the pieces to be in place. But what they're finding now that, it, you know, even in older age, you're not stuck with the born the brain you were born with. You can actually age backwards. And Dr. Daniel Amen is who I've got a lot of my training from, talks about this a lot, that, you know, there are things we can do. There are like your brain is like a muscle. You have to exercise it. So when we talk about renewing the mind, it's not just, hey, do it once and then we're done. It's like. You take a shower every day, right? You know, you 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 get up, you do your, your business, you know, you you go through life, but every day we have to shower or bath, whichever is your favorite. But and I take the same approach to our spiritual life. Like every morning we go to pray and protect ourselves, like having the armor of, on ourselves and protect, praying over ourselves, as well as looking at how we can renew and go back to maybe what happened, you know, or even at the end of the day, like how was I thinking? Did I did I maybe mess up somewhere and the good news is we have that we can have a total huge eraser because Jesus erases all of us and say, yay. But the idea of neuroplasticity is that just understanding the concept that it is possible to change the way you think. It is possible to change your brain. It is possible to improve your brain's format, everything from memory to cognitive ability. There are ways through exercise um, practice and repetition you can actually improve your brain. And what I love about that is that it just helps people to understand is like so many of us within the world's narrative is feel like I'm broken. Something happens or I've been through trauma or I've prayed about this and this isn't helps and oh, well, they kind of like give up on life. But the good news is there is always a renewal. There's always a new way of, of approaching it as long as we are aware of that. Because here's the thing is also why I, I, I get, can rant about labels like it drives me absolutely crazy because the problem with labels back in the day in this in the psychology world the only reason they had labels for conditions was to help psychologists um, categorize their patients in order to how to treat them it was never meant to be in you know public domain but nowadays everybody just wants to like accept a label like oh my depression or oh my anxiety and then what happens is they give up responsibility for changing they almost think, oh, well, this is my identity now. And that is the biggest lie the enemy is, is, is sown in the world. That even Christians have believed it. That they think that if I've gone through trauma, I'm broken and I can never change. That's a lie. God's word says if we partner with God, we allow him to work through us and we follow that, you know, the and do the work. But we first have to believe that it's possible. So that's why I really believe in, you know, being a passionate advocate for this and teaching Christians, especially is that you don't have to stay stuck. You don't have to be, you know, no matter where, what background or what experiences, you know, or trauma you've been through, there is hope and there is the, uh, the opportunity for you to renew the way you think. It's just, the question is, are you willing to do the work? And are you willing to say yes? Because that's what God wants. He just wants your, your yes and amen. And he's willing to help and partner with you with that. So that's what gets me so excited about the whole concept of neuroplasticity and, you know, brain health. Yeah, because that idea that we can literally create new pathways that or, you know, new pathways can be created in our brains and that there is regeneration where 
before it was thought there wasn't. I mean, that, that is, it gives us so much hope, not just in physical terms, but in terms of our faith. So many times, I, I see a lot of parallels. I know you work a lot with people in the business world, but there are so many parallels between the struggles in a, from a business standpoint and struggles from a spiritual standpoint when it comes to wanting to improve your prayer life or your spirituality or disciplines within your faith, trying to grow, grow closer to God when you feel like you failed over and over again. And I think some of the hurdles that we face are similar across the board. Um, one of the things, so, so two books, you, you brought two of your books to our attention that I think both are amazing. One is Mindset Makeover, How to Renew Your Mind and Walk in God's Authority. And in that book, you talk um, specifically about some practical steps of dealing with negative thoughts. So I'm just wondering if we can go through a few different scenarios here and just have you speak into us, you know, some practical, um, like walk us through what this looks like. Um, in specific scenarios. So for instance, what are some practical steps that we can take to deal with recurring negative thoughts or damaging negative self-talk? Because both of those things can prevent us from connecting with God. When we have a devalued sense of self, that that is number one in direct con conflict or direct opposition to how God wants us to believe about ourselves. It's probably insulting on a level too to God who created us with, you know, just such care and specificity. Um, but it can also keep us from approaching the throne of God because if you have suffered trauma and you have blame about it, or if you've inflicted trauma on someone else, if you've had past sin or mistakes or whatever else in your life that you can't let go of, there can just be this, this deluge of negativity. So what are some practical steps that we can take to, to demolish that barrier between Definitely. us and God? Well, that's a really good question. And the whole concept of crushing the negative thoughts is so important because it's a daily practice, right? Just like we take a shower every day, we need to take authority and be aware. So step one is being aware of those thoughts. Mm. And then what I like to do, a really practical example is to journal, like take your thoughts and write them on a piece of paper and then read them back. Now, the, the reason why this works is even from a neuroscience perspective is when you write and you allow the thoughts to come out, you are actually tapping into your subconscious. You're not just in your conscious mode. And it's like, you know, when you start writing at first, you're not sure what to write, but then it starts to flow. We want to allow those thoughts to come out so they can be, we can shine a light on them because unless we, we see them and show, hold them up and have perspective, we won't know to how to compare truth with lies. So basically what this means, if you have a, a concurrent habit of talking very badly about yourself, you've just accepted it as a way of life. But how about you say, hold on, let me write this down. Is this how I talk to myself? And then you read it back, normally aloud. And then you're going to realize, oh my gosh, girl, you speak to yourself like that. I would never speak to someone like that. And it makes you realize it gives you that awareness because without awareness, you can't progress, right? We just live in denial all the time. So that would be step number one is how can you gain awareness, first of all, of what you're thinking? And in 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 my world, we talk about this as metacognition, which means thinking about what you're thinking about. Instead of just allowing those thoughts to, to run through your mind like a runaway train, what if we said, well, where did that thought come from? Like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling anxious. My stomach is starting to hurt. And also your body is a great way of, of, of taking stock of what you're thinking and feeling. Because, you know, when we say, oh, I'm feeling nervous, we have butterflies in our stomach, or oh, I'm feeling anxious, we get a tight chest. Our body will show us because we have three parts to our being. We have our body, which is physical. We have our mental. And then we have our, our spiritual of our soul. And our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and emotions. And oftentimes we kind of get all of them mixed up. But we know that our spirit man or spirit woman is very strong and is at the head of, 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 of running everything in our life. But oftentimes we let... The little two-year-old toddler who is the who's the mind that sometimes can create a whole havoc up here, rule the roost. And I don't know about you, I'm a parent of three kids. And when my kids were two-year-olds, they could throw tantrums of note, but there's no way I could reason with them when they were throwing a tantrum. So I would say, you know, is, is your brain having a tantrum and having a runaway pity party where you're feeling sorry for yourself and you're talking negative about yourself? It's like, hold up a mirror. And I always say, we need to compare it to truth. Is this a truth or is this a lie? 
And the way you tell this is going back to God's word. Like, how does God, what does God say about me? He says, I'm loved. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm forgiven. He says, uh, you know, I, all the things, like if you have to write this down, like if you're feeling negative, I would challenge you to go find the positive. If you need a concordance or there's lots of apps online, like I love Bible Hub as well. It's a website. Look up the opposite of what that thought is and start to meditate. Now, we don't mean meditate in the new age world. And I think that the new ages have stolen that thought. Meditation itself means to think deeply, is to pause and to think deeply and to say, hmm, what does this actually mean? Like, and then go into God's word and to see it and then to say it. Now, another thing about rewiring your mind is that if you've had this voice, this tape playing in your mind, you need to counteract that now. We want to train the opposite, right? We want to create a new way. So what we knew is we need to speak out loud. This is um, where as Christians, we underestimate the power of words. And by speaking and declaring and saying things, because God created the world with his words. So if we start and we want to counteract that negativity, we need to speak what we want to be. You know, we speak it into being. So get those scriptures that say the opposite of what you're thinking, that say, you know, that you're loved and, and all the things that you feel like, um, whether it's fear or anxiety or whatever the thing is, you meditate on that and you read it. I mean, at one stage when I was going through this uh, my dark night of the soul, I'd have post-its on my mirrors, on the fridge. It was almost like, oh, like God said to me one day, you need to, you need to say these things like I'm loved, you know, and, and, um, I can't remember exactly the whole, but he, I had like a list of things he had me say. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is so boring. Why are we doing this again? And he's like, I want you to say it. And I want you to say it again and again and again. And he just had me repeat it. And eventually until, because my brain was hearing it and I was saying it, it believed it. And eventually it settled in my spirit. And I was like, this is what God says about me. So now the next time the enemy tries to show me and make me feel terrible about myself, I'm like, uh -uh, psh, sorry, that ain't going to pass the front door because that's not God. You can get out of here. And that is what it means by taking our thoughts captive. But we first have to know that we're having those thoughts. And second of all, we need to take the, the tools that are given to us and then we need to apply the tools. So hopefully that's some practical tips because just those three things, if you start to do that today, within, I would say, 30 days, you will see a difference. If you just start to constantly add and do the things that you know you need to do. And this doesn't have to be a religious thing where you feel bad about it. You just, it's like practicing. It's learning to ride a bike. It's learning to skate. It's learning a new skill. It's through practice and repetition, right? I love that. And, you know, when you were talking about that, like, you know, you have to speak these things aloud and you have to do it over and over again. It just reminded, I had this picture in my mind of, um, when the kids were sledding at one point and we had this hill at their elementary school and there was a path that had been worn down the snow by lots and lots of kids going down it. And it kind of went at that point in my kids' lives, it was too scary. Like it went up and kind of fast. <laughs> so, um, it, but every time they'd get their sleds, they would just kind of default to that pathway. And so we wanted to make a new one. And so, but we had to go over and over and over this new path to kind of get the sled to go off in that direction because that rut had already been so deeply entrenched in the snow the original one that you had to do some work to make a new one and i think that's kind of the same thing we're talking about isn't it is there's this neural pathway that has been worn and worn into a rut so that you don't even have to work and your mind defaults to it exactly and and, and so it does take that work to create a new one but like you said, I mean, the hope that we have both biologically and, and spiritually is a, we have a God who's a redeemer and B, we have the power to cling to that truth that he's given us and like wear that, you know, think about it as just wearing a new pathway again and again and again until it becomes more natural to speak love over yourself than to think poorly but it's not easy i'm speaking from experience because i struggle with i loved your suggestion of taking stock of what you're thinking because and then say it aloud or write it down because then it gets really ugly really fast because i have had many times where sometimes i actually say things to myself bad out loud <laughs> like are oh, you stupid how could you do this or you know but there are times when there's just this 
undercurrent of negativity and it may not even have been given words yet. It's just these murmurings that are just under the surface. They affect how I project myself to other people. They invite other people to treat me or think of me in the way that I'm thinking subtly and subconsciously about myself. They invite me to act in ways that agree with what I believe about myself. And it's just so damaging, but what a powerful tool. And isn't that, I mean, it just goes back to God is about exposing. He's about light. Satan is about darkness. Satan is about keeping things covered because when they're covered, they can fester. They can do whatever they want. They're not in the light. They're not being dealt with. And so what you're saying, I mean, I see this as spiritual warfare, really, right? Uncovering truth. I mean, is that, would you call that spiritual warfare doing some of these practical things? Or do you think that's a different category? Yeah. And I definitely think, you know, anytime we are wanting to change things in our life, of course, the enemy is going to come at us and attack us and make it harder for us. And I think we are always walking out in some form of spiritual warfare because we need to, because remember, you know, this world is not created, we're not of the world, but we're in the world. So of course, it's not going to be a plain sailing and a, and a walk in the park for us just to live our life. We are here, like Jesus said, he, he came to bring a sword. So it's not meant to be we're in pursuit of happiness or in pursuit of having a happy life, which, which you know, in some ways um, can sound a little bit negative. But what I mean by that is that, you know, God's given us the tools that he's already told us we've won the war. We just need to walk it out. And part of that means it's applying things. So it's no point in sitting there and, and feeling sorry for ourselves and saying, well, I'm praying about this and God isn't answering the prayers as if we expect God to come down to heaven from heaven to earth and fix our problems. He's like, I'm giving you the tools. Here's the ax. Here's the sword. Here's the, here's, here's the tools. Go and apply them. And that means daily. Like I'm a big proponent and all three of my kids know they just like roll their eyes at me. But since they were little, I have trained them to wear the armor of God every day. We have a little song on the way to school. We sing the song. Just like you get dressed with your clothes, you need to spiritually get dressed, which is, you know, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness. Because if you see yourself in the spirit, without that form of protection, you're walking around naked. So mm -hmm. of course you're going to be the enemy's pin cushion, right? So if we don't want to be, um, be victims of circumstance, we need to be on the offensive instead of the defensive and just reacting to things. We want to be fully prepared, fully armored up and know which tools we have, which, what we can rely on. Because believe me, when you start to step into your authority and your, your God-given divine assignment and you know who you are and whose you are, when you start wearing that crown that God has given you at the, as the royal you know, daughter that you are, it's amazing how the enemy knows to walk out of your, get out of your way. Because when you start slaying and praying, you become dangerous because he knows then you have more authority and power. And that is his biggest goal. So just ask yourself today, how is the enemy trying to keep me defenseless, weak, and confused? Because if you look at any kind of, um, I mean, I've never been in the army, but from what I've studied is one of those tactics of war is confusion, right? Mm. And distraction and delay. And that the enemy likes to use that. So just ask yourself, like, is this that's coming at me? You don't have to feel like a victim that things are happening to you. I always like to look a little further and say, what is what is the enemy trying to stop me to get to? Like, I want to look past that. He's obviously trying to distract me from my purpose. He's trying to destroy the seed of whatever God has given me. And he's trying to create delay. So I, I'm actually, and this is just the warrior in me, the, the Deborah spirit in me, I'm just going to push forward. And the more he tries to attack me, I get fierce now and I get angry. I'm like, get out of my way because I know what it's like to feel weak and defenseless. And that's this whole process that I was at where I didn't feel I could change things. I felt like, oh, well, that's life. I've been through trauma. So, oh, well, I'm going to have to walk aside like this for the rest of my life. But once I'd realized and the connections were like, well, no, God says I am you know, loved. I'm a royal uh, daughter of and of 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 the kingdom, and he's given me all these these tools that I can use. I'm gonna walk in and get the outfit on and get the spears and get this. I'm gonna take make use of everything he's given me. Why well, do I want to be a victim of circumstance? So, I think that's super important for us and anyone listening today to know that that is your rights. You have legal rights as a child of God to put into place and to take action. And the best thing we can do is not to allow the enemy to create any of those destructive thoughts or to delay us or to create diversions, which could be in any form, which is, you know, 
feeling sorry for ourselves or giving up on things or allowing disappointment. That's another big one is the disappointment. I mean, I was in the, the camp of hope uh, deferred for a long time and eventually God's like time to leave. And, um, you know, we have that opportunity today. So it really, it's just an invitation that God gives us. We can choose to stay where we're at and that's a choice too. Or you can choose to move forward, but it will require you picking up your, your mat, it will require you to pick up the tools he's given you. And even if you have been using tools, but you feel worn out, like you've been sw swinging that ax and that sword and you feel like, oh my gosh, I feel so worried. We can always go back and get, you know, rebooted up with new things. And that's what God's invitation is, is he's never going to uh, war and for us completely. We still have to partner with him. So, and that's just really what the human condition is, is partnering with God, bringing heaven to earth as a willing vessel. And all God needs is a simple yes. And that's all it is. That's great. And I really love how you put the focus on not what is Satan doing right now to me? And because that can become scary or, you know, some people can think of spiritual warfare. And like, I used to kind of be like this, where I would hear the term spiritual warfare and I would shrink back. I'm like, oh, I don't really want to even talk about that because I don't want to draw attention to myself or to recognize, you know, to just even thinking about, well, well, what is, what is Satan doing here necessarily? But what is he trying to keep me from? And when you have your mind set and your focus set on what's in front, not the hurdle, not like focusing on, huh, what, what am I, what am I doing here? That's bad. Or what is he doing? That's bad against me. But what am I, what could this all be happening to keep me from? That's powerful because it reminds me of in Hebrews and let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. Like when we keep our eyes fixed ahead, like then it talks about, you know, then you can throw off the sin that entangles and ensnares us. And, and I think the same is true for the enemy's attempts to trap and snare us too. Um, it would be very easy to get like hung up there. But when you see what's ahead, I think that would be just a great way to empower yourself and, and take the focus off of the enemy so that he's kind of even just an afterthought, like not even a factor yeah, really. Exactly. It comes like a little annoying fly that you just want to swat because yeah. it's like when you're a kid, right? And you have a light behind a, a, a toy and you think, Oh my gosh, this, this thing is so scary and big. And then you really put the lights on and you realize, Oh, is that it? Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> I was scared because of that. And that's why I say, I have this concept I love to talk about is between chickens and eagles. Mm -hmm. Now, Chickens, if we know how they behave, they like to stay in a coop and they always wait for the farmer to throw out the seeds. But if you've ever seen when the seed gets thrown, how the, the chickens are like freaking out and like they're all running after the little seed and all they can see is the seed and the ground in front of them. They're not thinking bigger picture, right? And they're only thinking of one meal at a time. But eagles, on the other hand, they soar at a much higher elevation. They are very strategic. They see miles and miles down the road. They don't, they're not worried about the little seed on the ground. They're thinking about the bigger thing of how they can get to where they want to go. But they know because they've gained perspective, they're not worrying about the problems that are right in front of them, the everyday dramas and delays that, that the enemy likes to keep us busy with. I like to draw back and say, okay, if I get above this and I look at it, you know, 30,000 view, if anyone's been in an airplane, you know what this means. Like the trees look itty bitty. And your problems become itty bitty when you start to realize, oh, he's trying to keep me from that. Oh, wow. okay. This is what it is. So you, I always say, embrace that eagle eye vision. Like, you know, the, the whole scripture, it says, you know, renew your wings and you'll rise up like wings, like eagles. Mm -hmm. Another thing about eagles is, I love, is that they soar at a higher elevation that normal birds don't, but they don't exert a lot of energy. They just glide. They use the wind. So they're much smarter, much more strategic. They're not flapping and flapping and flapping and trying to do everything in their own strength. They wait for the, the, the updraft to get them to those high hearts. And in our case, in the spiritual side, that's the Holy Spirit, right? We partner with the Holy Spirit. He is the wind beneath our wings. And we are able to get that perspective. So I would just challenge everyone listening today that if you feel like you're in the, in, in the chicken coop with the chickens, having the freak out, fighting over the scraps, like, just allow yourself some perspective, write it down, look at it from an outsider's perspective and say, am I allowing my feelings and the circumstances and other people's opinions to get my eyes 
off the prize? How do I refocus that and get the vision and really look? And that's where it all comes back to putting our eyes on Jesus. Like, what are you saying? Like, show me what it is you're saying, Lord, help me partner with you. And then all of this other stuff just becomes white noise. That's good. I'm going to use, I'm definitely going to use that picture, that imagery. The next time I find myself getting caught up in the weeds of whether it's negative self-talk or wallowing or the, the, the problems and delays in front of me, I, I am going to think about that and think, are you being a chicken or are you being an <laughs> eagle? That's exactly. a really, really, really good imagery there. I love it. Well, we are getting to the end of our time today. And so for our listeners, if you want to find Mimica's books, can you let them know where they can connect with you online and find you and find your books? And Definitely. Well, the best place to connect with me is at my website and it's Mimica Cooney, spelled M-I-M-I-K-A-C-O-O-N-E-Y.com. And I have a, a bunch of free resources like the, the book we talked about, which was the, the Mindset Makeover, How to Renew Your Mind and Walk in God's Authority. We have some goodies for that. I love and that then of cover, course, uh, by the way. That's <laughs> so pretty. And then the other one, The Warrior to Warrior, A Mother's Journey from Fear to Faith. That's also available. But I have some freebies that go with all those books. But if you go to my website, I have a blog um, and I have a YouTube channel as well. I have my own show called Mimique TV. And I regularly, every week, release a video um, on you know mindset and faith. And I also have a course called Unstick Your Mind, which is a 12-step process, my own signature program I've developed to help walk um, Christian women of faith and men through the neuroscience uh, and involving these steps using um, actual activations and practical tools. So if you want a how-to, that's a great way. So just go to mamikakuni.com and you can connect with me there. And of course, on social media, I'm on Instagram, sometimes on Facebook and on, on LinkedIn. But if you want to connect with me, definitely connect with me online. I'm Mamika Cooney on all socials. I try to keep it simple, that's but I'd easy. love to hear from you. <laughs> Great. And yeah, I didn't even mention in our intro that you're a podcaster too, but yes, you have a podcast. Check her out at Mimika TV. So it's a good place to go. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here and just sharing your passion, your heart. And I just, I know that there are people right now listening that are, are taking away some really um, transformative truths. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Well, how can we pray for you today? Oh, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, well, you know, all, all prayer is great prayer. And I would always say that, you know, um, at this stage in life, I mean, I'm writing another book, well, actually two. And at this, I always find that every time I write books, especially when it comes to about sharing God's word, there's a lot of spiritual warfare. So if anyone uh, wants to right? <laughs> come and join me, I do have a book launch team as well that I always, who are, you know, wonderful readers who support me with the book launches and also just prayer support. Because I mean, the last two books I wrote, I, I wrote them in bed suffering from pneumonia, mm. which is not, not ideal. But I always say when you are warring for truth, again, the, I know that the enemy tries to come at me. So I have to be a little bit smarter, not allow myself to take the bait and fall for his tactics. But yeah, if you you know want to pray for that and um, for what I'm doing in the ministry in the world and you know this this kind of stuff needs to get out in the world. And of course, it's not, um, for instance, like the reason I say I don't use Facebook a lot is they've even... Uh, they've cut back my reach just because of my Christian content. So yeah. there is that reversed, um, uh, I don't even know what you want to call it, but basically anything Christian is being censored right. and we're not reaching the people we need to reach in the way we can, which is why I always feel we need boots on the ground and people who will share and do the things and, and partnering with other ministries, I think is so important. So yeah, definitely pray support would be awesome. Absolutely. Well, let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this time together. Thank you so much for Mimika and her ministry, her passion for just exposing truth. And, and we just pray, God, that you would empower her with just all the things that she needs to reach people. Um, we just pray for her books that she's working on right now, that you would just pour into her creativity, wisdom, motivation, energy, all the things that she needs. And at the same time, protect her father. Jesus said, don't, don't take them out of the world, but protect them from the evil one. That's what we pray, God, that you would just allow her to be, um, protected on all sides from 
the the fiery darts of the enemy and that you would be a shield and that you would just place your angels around her to to keep her safe and protected spiritually physically mentally as she works on these truths and these ideas that you have called her to put on paper Lord, we just ask that you would allow all of her work to reach more women than ever imagined, um, where there are roadblocks and censorship or, or efforts to prevent the words from getting out. God, we just pray that you would get them out tenfold more in other ways. And we know that you're faithful to do that, God, because she's obedient to get those words on, uh, on paper. And we know that you're going to be faithful to, to help her get those words out to the women and men that need them. Uh, we just pray for her family, uh, for your protection on her family, and we just give you thanks for the privilege of getting to see how you are, are displayed through science. Your truths and your handiwork are displayed through science. Thanks for allowing us to just take some time to catch a glimpse of how you have made us and created us, how you've, you've wired our brains, you've created our being. Um, so that the physical and the spiritual and the, and the mental can coexist in this kind of um, web of connectivity. Um, help us to see clearly how we can uh, combine those things, um, but never ever lose sight of the fact that you are the source, that without you, no level of self-help or, or trying to understand our, our thought pathways and processes will ever succeed without your help, without the presence of the Holy Spirit and just your wisdom and your truth that is so far beyond anything we could ever imagine. God, we just pray your blessing on this day and on everyone listening, and we just pray that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.